you have to get a coach, you know, or a mentor, you know, somebody who can guide you because there's a lot of mistakes that you can make in a big deal, especially. And that could ruin you if you don't do it right. Hi, you're listening to Ready to Scale, the second season of That Really Happened. This season is focused on APS of real estate, asset, process, and strategy. Each guest on the show will reveal the assets they invest in and why they chose to do so. From multifamily to industrial, self-storage, mobile home parks, and more. Then, they'll uncover the processes, tools, and systems they've used to build multi-million dollar businesses. And finally, they'll uncover new, unique, and exciting strategies to invest in real estate. From co-working to buy and hold, fix and flips, co-living, and much, much more. Now let's get the show started. Hey guys, welcome to Ready to Scale. I'm Ellie Perlman, your host, broadcasting from sunny California. When I'm not behind the mic, I buy multifamily properties with passive investors who partner with me on my deals. Ready to Scale is our new second season here where we focus on the business side of real estate. Namely, three key concepts that I like to call APS of real estate, asset, process, and strategy. So by listening to this podcast, you will learn valuable business principles to help your real estate business, whatever it may be, thrive and diversify. If you enjoy the podcast, please take a minute to rate us. You can find us almost anywhere on iTunes or Stitcher pretty much everywhere. And don't forget to like and follow me also very active on social media so you can find me there. So today our guest is Edna Keep. Edna is the co-founder of 3D Real Estate Investments. And along with her husband, Warren, she's been investing in real estate since 2007. So Edna is the founder of Profit in the Prairie Real Estate Investor Group, Hope I said it right. And she's the author and trainer of Multiple Ways to Wealth, an educational organization for investors. So Edna and her husband, they actually currently have $60 million in real estate portfolio. And Edna has a fascinating life story that we're also going to hear and basically get to know her a little bit better, understand who she is and how she got into real estate. Edna, I would like to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So where are you calling us, Edna? Where are you from? I am in Regina, Saskatchewan, which is central Canada. We're in the queen city of uh, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan's kind of a smaller province. The whole province has less people than your city, probably. <laughs> uh, well, LA is pretty big, but yeah. So you've been investing with your husband since 2007, Yes. Can you walk me through, I mean, I know that when you were young, you were in a very, very different place. Can you share your story with us? Sure. I actually became a single mom at the age of 16 and a very loving family, but they always said, you know, they kept telling me my options were limited. And for a lot of years, I believed them. But then I moved away from the small town I was raised in and I actually became a financial advisor. And uh, I was a financial advisor for about 15 years. And I really, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I became a certified financial planner. I enjoyed that part of my life. But you know, all my income was tied to mutual funds. And I thought, you know what, we should diversify a bit. I'd actually had a few clients that were in and they were telling me that they invested in real estate. And so I got the bug, I got interested and ended up taking some classes. 
totally fell in love with real estate. Once I understood the power of real estate, because I didn't know it as a financial advisor, I couldn't even sell mutual funds anymore. So two years in, I actually sold my practice and we do real estate full time. And we grew from a single condo in 2007 to, yeah, over 500 doors right now. Wow, that's very impressive. That's Thank very you. impressive. And then your main focus is multifamily right now? It is. You know, we, like everyone, you know, we started out with a single family condo and, and then moved into houses, then moved into duplexes and fourplexes. But, you know, our ceiling was hit. We, after about 15, because back then we could get that many. We even had a few with 5% down. Nowadays, people are lucky if they can get four houses. And we hit that ceiling. We couldn't get any more financing. Mm -hmm. Started joint venturing with people in houses. And after buying 12 houses in one year, we thought, you know, might make more sense to just buy a 12 or 24 unit. Mm -hmm. So that's how we got into multifamily and that really allowed us to scale, you know. Mm -hmm. Our goal when we started investing was we thought, oh, if we could get 50 doors, I don't know, 5, 10, 20 years, didn't even matter. We just thought, holy cow, that's a huge goal. Couldn't even, you know, wrap our heads around it. So we thought we'll probably never hit it, but we'd set big goals, right? When we hit 50 doors in 18 months, we knew we had something. So mm -hmm. I found that my background as a financial advisor really helped me be able to talk to potential investors. And when I shared my passion with uh, all the profit centers in real estate, once I understood them, it made sense to them too. So that's how we were able to scale too, is bringing a lot of people along the ride with us. Great. And that's actually a good segue to our second part, which is the strategy. So when it comes to purchasing multifamily, you're basically using OPM, which is other people's money. How did you start doing that? You mentioned earlier that you used your experience, your credential as a financial advisor, but how do you even start looking for investors? Well, you know, a lot of people think because my background as a financial advisor that I probably brought a lot of clients with me. I didn't. You know, mm. most of the people I met after we were in real estate, a few of them uh, came over from the mutual fund market. I had a few, maybe, you know, 10 that were really, really good clients, kind of did whatever I said. They kind of got excited. And so I have had a few. But most of them I met after just through different networking events. And then I think the ability to explain real estate as a potential investment for long term really was what happened with the key. And we were able to raise a lot of capital for uh, buying multifamily because, you know, with multifamily, as you know, it's treated like a business. So people could understand that and they could wrap mm -hmm. their heads around, oh, so I don't have to qualify for the mortgage. No, the building qualifies for the mortgage, you know, and that was a big game changer for us when we figured that out. And there's like no limits on that end. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really interesting because you definitely see two type of investors. There are those that buy real estate where they're the 100% owners and they use only their money. And then you have the, the other type of investors who maybe started this way, but at some point, like you, made the shift and you basically you call it a joint venture, but basically partnered with other investors. You basically not leveraging your own money, you're leveraging your network. And yes. that's, that's not easy to do. That's pretty challenging. 
Yeah. Well, and you know, we did have some challenges at the beginning, but what I teach my students now is, you know, take the onus off yourself. Like you've been able to help yourself already. Most of them, when they come to me, they've already bought a few houses. They know the value of real estate. Mm -hmm. To teach them that. Now they just want to scale it. Okay. So how do I scale? Help a lot of other people do exactly what you did except on a bigger scale. And that's the part people need to wrap their head around. You know, why would people want to give me money? That's something people say to me all the time. Yeah. You're actually providing a really, really great service. So if you can wrap your head around that, there's a lot of people that, you know, don't have the time or the interest or the fortitude to do what you're doing by educating yourself and learning about all this stuff. So yeah, they would gladly invest with you and in your properties to make a really good return on their money. Yeah, you're actually helping people grow their money, grow their wealth. It's a change of, it's kind of a shift that you need to do if you want to feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. And obviously, you know, it's not as easy as it sounds. Oh, you know, we went out there, we, I networked and I got, you know, investors. What would you say is kind of the main one or two challenges when you're using that strategy of OPM? Well, one that I found uh, is, and I've had several people come to me with this challenge, and I can find properties that pay 40% and I can't find an investor. And I go, are you telling them that? Yep, there's your problem. Mm -hmm. You can't be telling people you're going to get them 40% because guess what? All of a sudden, risk is perceived way, way up here. Yes. I mean, even now when I hear 25% return, if it's not real estate, I automatically think, oh, that's so risky. I can't even think about that. You know, do you ever listen to those ads about cryptocurrency? Oh, you can make a thousand percent. It's whatever. Oh my gosh, that's so risky. Or you can lose all your money in one night, which happened to people that are very close to me. Yeah. But you know, that was one of the first things that I started noticing that too many people did. They got, you know, maybe too excited over zealous, talked only about the upside, never about the downside. And uh, that can scare a lot of people off. Yeah, I can totally understand that. I also think that when you do start, there's actually a way to do that. There's a process, there's a method. Is, yes. And that brings us to our third part of, you know, today's show is the process that you built to basically attract investors and help raising capital over time. So you have what you call the five-step investor attraction system. Yeah. Can you tell me about it? Sure. So first of all, I believe that there's got to be a mindset shift, just like what you mentioned. First of all, can I buy multifamily? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You don't need 10 houses to move into a small apartment building. But that was one of the concerns I had when I started, when my realtor said mm. to me, why don't you buy multifamily? I said, oh, I don't even own 10 houses. Like, I can't do that yet. <laughs> so I think that that's one thing, a mindset shift. And then the second mindset shift is people are just going to give me money. No, people aren't just going to give you money you're going to provide a very valuable service. So that's step two. And then a step three is using other people's money because you can only go so far with your own money, your ability, right. mortgages, et cetera, or you can't grow. And then if you partner with the right people and joint venture with the right people, that is another thing that can really help you scale because you can't do everything, right? Al? You can't do everything in your business. I heard you say earlier, you're going to get your assistant to reach out to me after with stuff. You have to be able to do that because we can't be 
good up front and good at the back end. Like we just absolutely. So you have to partner with the right people. And then number five, and this has got to be the biggest key is you have to get a coach, you know, or a mentor, you know, somebody who can guide you because there's a lot of mistakes that you can make in a big deal, especially, and that could ruin you if you don't do it right. So, you know, get somebody to walk you through. I know with us, we were scared of everything when we started, you know, we'd only ever owned our own house. So we were scared of tenants. We were scared of other people's toilets and roofs and furnaces. You know, we thought, oh, that's all big expenses. And, you know, so that's actually why our first purchase was a condo. We thought, all we have to worry about is inside the walls. And my oldest daughter was actually renting the unit that we bought, the very first one. So we thought, oh, good. We don't have to find a tenant either. We got one. Perfect tenant. (laughs) So, you know, even just getting walked through that was so powerful. And partnering, our very first partner we started working with within the first year of of taking our training. And they'd only taken training two years before us. So it wasn't like they were way out here. But we partnered with them and they took a lot of fear away. They would take us out and show us these houses and I'd go, oh, that's not a very nice house. And they'd go, Edna, you don't have to live here. Tenants love these houses because we're going to get this much for rent. And, you know, and it's like, okay, well, if you're sure, I definitely wouldn't. But I'm not a target market, right? Exactly. I've been a renter for many, 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 many years. So, of course, I wouldn't live there. But, you know, just being able to wrap your head around that kind of stuff and somebody else that says, I've already bought, I've got a house down the street. This is how well it's doing. You know, come and walk through it. Come meet my tenants. And that was what helped us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you really touched on a very, very important point. You started with the mind shift. And then also towards the end, you talked about how to basically walk into kind of change your your mindset from a tenant or a homeowner to a landlord, two different things. It doesn't have to be as nice as if you bought it for yourself. So I recently walked this property in Atlanta and it was a beautiful property, a little bit old from the 70s, but it looked like it was 20 years newer. And I'm walking into a unit and the current owner built an island in the kitchen. And he spent over $10,000 to improve, which is a huge amount for for that market. And so I just couldn't understand why would you invest so much money unless it's a very high-end area where you know that you're going to have tenants that are going to pay you $500 more every month and the ROI is going to be impressive? He looked at the property and said, how would I like to be treated if I lived here? Which is fine when it comes to being you know, honest and providing good service and having a property management company come and you know, take care of the, the toilet issues. But when it comes to the house itself, to the apartment itself, doesn't have to be that nice. And that's, I've seen owners make that mistake over and over and over again. They themselves right out of the market. And then yeah. the yeah. tenants love the property. They can't afford to live there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or they have to lower their rents mm-hmm. and they're not really, you know, their returns are not very high because no one is willing to pay double the price. I mean, the apartment is beautiful, but yeah. who can pay for it? Yes. That's the question. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Well, that's, that's very, you know, interesting. I love your emphasis that you put on mindset. I think a lot is many people want to start 
getting into real estate or, or syndicating deals. And you can see those who actually make it and do and become syndicators and successfully close one deal after another are those with the right mindset. Yeah. And this is the hardest part. It is. It's And it's the first part. Mm-hmm. I have people that come to me and, and you can just tell, like they think limitation, they think mm-hmm. of all the things that could go wrong instead of the things that could go right. And it's all learnable. I mean, air started out. I had a poor mindset. I was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen with tenants and toilets, <laughs> you know? And we changed it. Now we get it. We understand. No, you don't make that place beautiful. And you don't have to go clean or fix the toilet. Your property manager hires somebody to do that. But it took us a while to wrap our heads around all that. How do you do that? How do you change someone's mindset? I think that's the hardest thing to do. You know, the key there, Ellie, is being around like-minded people. Absolutely, because when you can see that person next to you has already bought 20 doors or an apartment building and you get to know them a bit and you realize, you know what, they're no smarter than me. They maybe got a similar job, they maybe have a similar background, they're maybe the similar age and they start looking at those people and they're watching them. And I do Zoom calls with my students, right? And I always tell them, you know, that person sitting right beside you They started six weeks ago and they're making offers Mm. on apartment buildings. And then they're like, God to them was like, oh my gosh, really? And then six weeks later, they're the ones. It's like, you know what? That one you're sitting right beside, you just made an offer on a 12-unit apartment building. Really? And they start to see that it's not years and years away. Mm -hmm. But you know what? You can be making offers and getting buildings in a short period of time. Absolutely. And I think the more that you're going to be with like-minded people, the more that will be your reality. Like you said, it's not scary anymore. It's actually, you know, you can see how you can envision yourself doing that. Mm-hmm. And this is this is powerful. I don't think the mindset is enough. I think you have to combine it with knowledge. But together, it's very powerful. Only the mindset without the knowledge or the experience can lead to a disaster if someone is overconfident. <laughs> And, and all, yeah, exactly. But also only have the education or the knowledge, but being too scared to make any move, it's not going to get you too far. So you really need to have, in my opinion, combination of solid, you know, education, experience and mindset. And that's how you win. I totally agree with you there. Yes, that's it. It is a combination. And although, you know, mindset is something that we can continually study too, because one of the coaches that I work with, because I believe that we should all have our own coaches too, she always said, new level, new devil. So every time that you want to go on to something bigger and better than where you are, there's new challenges that you're faced with and it starts between your ears. Like the person who owns a hundred doors maybe thinks a thousand is impossible till they start hanging around with the mm-hmm. people that own a thousand. Then they go, hmm, they're no smarter than me. I <laughs> could do it. <laughs> and Absolutely. That, that's, that's so cool to watch. Absolutely. Well, Edna, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I really appreciate it. Um, If someone wants to reach out to you, where can they find you? You know, I'm on social media a lot, like you mentioned earlier that you are. They can find me on Facebook, just uh, Coach Edna Keep is how I'm found on there. Or they can reach out to me on my website, ednakeep.com, and my email address is edna at ednakeep.com. So any one of those things will get them through to me. 
All right, perfect. Thank you again, Edna. I really appreciate it. And uh, stay safe over there. In uh, where did you? So you were from Canada, Saskatchewan. You actually Saskatchewan the first time you did. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it's hard for me to pronounce it, but I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's welcome. It's been my pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. Absolutely. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.